In this podcast, Wayne talks to Alan Kincaid, who's the Chief Executive of Epworth Healthcare. Alan, thanks very much for your time today. Could I perhaps open up by asking you where you see the healthcare industry in Australia heading over, say, the next five years? Certainly, with the age of the population, there's going to be a significant increase in demand for services. And uh, there's also going to be, for governments, a, a increasing pressure on their, their tax base as you've got a shrinkage of the, uh, the workforce, and that was before the global economic uh, downturn. So I think governments are going to um, be strapped for dollars and will be wanting to have the right balance between uh, the public and private hospital system. So I think that's good for the private sector. Um, and I would see that notwithstanding what what might happen in the, um, the budget that's about to be announced in next month, um, that even if there was a setback in the private sector, I think longer term, um, when you look at the economics, um, that the private sector's got a, a very strong future. And what industry trends have you noticed emerging over the last one to two years? Well, I think the... If you have a look at the uh, public hospitals, they've generally there's been some significant investments in infrastructure. Uh, however, the number of beds in the public sector have has remained fairly constant. Uh, we're actually seeing in the private sector um, some a much a, a bigger growth in bed numbers, but not in necessarily hospitals. So I think we're starting to see a further continuation of consolidation, and some of the smaller hospitals are either going out of business or will go out of business, I think, uh, over the next few years. I think uh, you're also seeing a growth in some of the larger hospitals, so they're getting um, larger private hospitals, uh, more sophisticated and larger so that they can actually sustain some of the infrastructure uh, that they have if they're going to uh, provide more comprehensive services into the future. Mm. I think one of the other trends is uh, in respect of teaching um, there's certainly a major um, workforce issue as far as uh, particularly um, medical training. Uh, the number of doctors that will be coming out of the universities will need to double uh, to meet the, uh, the shortfall in, in, um, in the doctor workforce that, that uh, we will have. And there's certainly not capacity within the uh, public system to be able to train all those doctors. So I think the the private system needs to be mindful of that and needs to where it's feasible to pick up some of that load. Uh, this is going to be a major change process because the public hospitals uh, feel threatened um, and for the private hospitals we need to have a different model that is um, that is efficient uh, so we can't just replicate the public uh, hospital model. We've got to invent something that's um, more applicable to it being undertaken in the private hospital setting. I think if you also look at uh, what procedures are being done in the private sector, I think about 99% of the procedures that are performed in Australia are now performed in the private sector and it's only those procedures that are uh, separately funded such as liver transplants from the federal government that aren't and there's certainly no, no reason for um, those procedures uh, continuing to be performed solely in the in the um, in the public hospital system. I think the other thing that um, 
it's becoming clearer and clearer is that the private system is much more efficient than the um, than the public hospital system. Um, you can look at the staffing levels; uh, they're significantly greater in the in the um, uh, in the public hospital system. You can just look at their procurement processes. Um, you can ask doctors who operate in both the public and private system, uh, and doctors will tell you how much more efficient the um, the private system is. And I think governments will recognise that more and more into the future because as it becomes tighter economically for them to uh, sustain a good health system for the Australian population, uh, they will, will be wanting to ensure that whoever's providing those services are providing them efficiently. And I think that also gives us, as a private sector, um, a lot of uh, scope for the future. And in moving down the path of establishing clinical research institutes and uh, becoming an academic, a private academic teaching hospital, what do you see as the, the benefits that will bring to the organisation? Teaching and research, is, I think it's been demonstrated worldwide. If, if you have uh, those services as part of your, your total service, that the quality of care that you provide will be enhanced. So you become a learning hospital and you're, you'll actually lift, lift the game of the whole organisation so uh, that the outcomes that you produce will be enhanced. So I think that's part of the end game. A second part of the end game is that if doctors and nurses um, participate in education at your facility, they're more likely to want to come back and work in your facility in the future. So as far as uh, sustainability, I think um, that's important. I think uh, if it's managed well, uh, particularly at the senior level, the fellow and registrar level, um, it can be done efficiently. I think as, as you go down and get into undergraduate um, teaching, uh, you've got to be mindful that it can become very uh, onerous and very inefficient and we've got to be very careful that the model that we put in place um, is, is efficient, uh, particularly when you have uh, some private hospitals and day facilities that won't either have the capabilities or, or the inkling to get into teaching and research. Um, if you are into teaching and research, you don't want to set yourselves up to be a lot less efficient than, than them. Uh, otherwise you won't be able to um, uh, continue to attract doctors. I think for doctors, um, many doctors have maintained a, um, a linkage with the public hospital system because the private hospital hasn't been able to meet all their needs as far as teaching and research. And if we can pro provide a situation where uh, we're able to meet all their needs as far as clinical practice, teaching and research, then they are likely to base themselves substantially uh, at our facilities. And again, access to those doctors will be enhanced for patient care. And I think doctors all also feel um, a greater um, allegiance to those institutions. And lastly, if you were perhaps mentoring a person who is at the start or mid-career looking to be a successful executive in healthcare, would you have a piece of advice for them? Probably uh, lots of advice. I think it's important to get exposure to um, how different managers and different systems um, operate. There's, n there's no, no right answer in many cases in health and so the more exposure and experience that you get to different systems, different people. I think that's where uh, you can actually um, meet 
mentor people and build upon them. I think relationships are all, always important and in mentoring it, it, uh, anyone, I think uh, they need to develop their, their listening skills. They need to uh, listen often um, and engage people for, for acting. And uh, if they're going to make uh, difficult or hard decisions, they've got to try and bring um, the organisation and stakeholders with them. So um, uh, I think uh, people need to um, be mentored into being given some difficult situations and shown how to get a successful outcome through a consultation and engagement process. Because in health, if you don't do that, I think you can come unstuck very quickly. Alan, thanks very much for your time today. Okay, thanks, Wayne.